This is the Multi-Geek Show, episode 10. This is a very different episode than we've ever done before. We're discussing the principle of transparency. And we don't mean in science, based on whether light can pass through something. We mean in production. So this show grew into something where we began just not worrying about production value in the sense that we were going to hide how we do things from the listeners. But instead... This show kind of grew into us revealing all our secrets. It's the equivalent of a magician showing you how a trick is done. Not that we have a very impressive trick every week, but we're going to warn you now. If you're not into that kind of thing, and you feel like it would dilute the magic, knowing how we do things, stop listening now, and we'll talk to you next week. So that was your warning. It's a mysterious spoiler. Because they do say that familiarity can breed contempt. So, I say that mystery can breed wonder, so be careful, but listen at your own risk, and if you do listen, enjoy the show. Mud pie, you say? That's what I say. You do say mud pie. Have you ever eaten one? No. (laughs) Me neither. Some people might eat them. What do you think people make them for? You know, that sounds like what? I saw, I think I saw a video one time of this location that is not America, and they do make mud pies, and people buy them and eat them. Made out of mud? Yeah. Is that called the poor land of dirt? (laughs) I think it might be. Oh, man. Look, I just got interested in this, so we're going to look it up right now. No, go ahead, because I can tell you, for me, mud pie is like this old Tom and Huck, like... Hey, let's make some mud pies. And it's like, you know, kids playing in dirt. I can't imagine that they would actually eat them. Because dirt grit in my teeth is not something I want to do on purpose. Yeah. I just added something to my list. The only things I won't eat are, well, no. It's not that I won't eat anything else. But something that sets off my gag reflex is blue cheese. Well, maybe now I'm also mud pies. Well... Because okay. that may be a, a actual type of pie, like well, very chocolatey here. Yes, like seeing. Mississippi mud pie. But I think what I'm talking about though is actual like dirt mud. I think like, it's a special kind, not with just like sticks and weevil scat. No, 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 no. I think it's cleaned and there's a process to it. It's not just pick up dirt and throw it in a. Pan. That's how I imagine it. You know, at the beach where you take the sand that's wet and you drip it and you make the castles. I'm imagining that. In a pie tin. Maybe not even a pie tin. You just smash it like a pancake and you hand it out. 50 cents, please. <laughs> 50 cents. No, 50 shekel denarii. <laughs> Whatever country you found it in. 50 lira for a mud pie. Don't you hate it when you're typing and you hit caps lock accidentally? Then yeah. You, have to go you know when it is? It's whenever Ooh. I go to hit A. Well, yeah, it's right next to it. That's what well, I just did. just saying. That's <laughs> when it happens. <laughs> Yes, yes it is. I'm fully aware that caps lock is next to A. <laughs> I know. Right under tab and above shift. You know what else? I don't like when I hit the Windows key on accident when I'm playing something. Mm. Like, uh, Yeah, I've done that before. You know, playing one of those new games. And like then it opens up Doom. the Windows menu. Yeah. It like, halts the whole game. Yeah. Some of the older games don't Especially have Especially if you die because of it, because you can't get back right. in the game in time. I was going to say some of you the... Have, you can't do anything except watch your character die. Aww. It's like a, it's like an Alfred Hitchcock movie. Well, I don't know. I have to spend time looking at before this. I, you want me to pause the show? No, no, no. It might take a while. All right. 
because we'll, we'll, we'll post it if we find it. Okay. It was a video I saw. Mud pies. I'm gonna write it down. It might have been on Dig that I saw it. Mud pies. That's the other thing too is we we talked about this before uh, the show and we're gonna make an effort to actually post the things we say we're gonna post oh, from now well. on. <laughs> Maybe we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> no promises from Jason. I'm gonna try. But Jason is saying, it, like right now on air, he's like, "Yeah, whatever." No, let's see, mud pie. Write that down, and then I sign it. <laughs> I just write. Well, to... you're the one that posts the show, so you're the one that should post the show notes. Oh, okay. We're gonna do this on the air. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, let's talk about what I do. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm the I'm the one who edits the show together for three hours, cutting out all the mic bumps and getting the volume level right when you move away from your microphone like this and then Listen, you come back in really close like this. Imperfections are what makes it perfect. You don't have to remove that stuff. No, you should hear it before I do that. <laughs> Imperfections assault my ears. I mean like mic bumps where if it's at a certain volume and it's like well, I don't want to do it into the mic. Yeah. All right, here comes a mic bump. It's like... No. <laughs> that was a mega bump. My, oh no. My whole mic stand just fell there. Man. Wow, this is a What a wacky start, start yeah. to our show. This is usually not as like, hey, whatever. Um, I like this. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, God. All right, the microphone won't stay up now. down again. Oh. This is Scotch tape. <laughs> I'm now gonna. I have... think that's some kind of inside joke, but it's no. We, just really we really have. Okay, here, look. All right, we're talking about full transparency here. First of all, I'm bent full over <laughs> because I use. We don't have microphone stands on the Multi Geek Show. We use. We use drum stands. All right, I'm gonna blow your minds right now. Any preconceived notion you have of high production quality, it's going straight out the Titanic window. Here's what we have. We have drum microphones. So the, uh, in my estimation, the uh, tones and pitches are interesting for voices because these microphones are designed to pick up a different frequency um, than voices. Secondly, we set these microphones on drum stands that I believe this drum set belonged to your father yeah. when he was a boy. <laughs> and so... <laughs> okay, now, in order to minimize the... And the t- the T's and P's, um, we place socks over the microphones <laughs> on the mic stands so that what you see is the bottom of a, a hi-hat stand sometimes, and then it rises up into a powerful knee-high sock of a man that's six foot four. That's what we have here. That's what we do on the Multi-Geek Show. But you know what? We love it, and we don't care, and... Um, uh, just giving away all our secrets. That's it. Trade secrets. Now, uh, it's, it's funny, though, because uh, none of that stops us. We we do it because we love to do this, and uh, I think we decided early on that we didn't want to. Like you said, the imperfections are, they make it perfect, but at the same time, I don't want it to be like, like there are some mic bumps that are so loud that like if you're listening to it at a high volume, mm-hmm. it would sound like like your your speakers fell off your desk if you were listening to it at work or something like that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um 
that's it. That's a little behind the scenes. But we are really going to have to pause the show because my microphone slid down and I use scotch tape to hold a drum stand piece up. And I'm not ashamed to tell you that. Well, I am. But part of the shame is lifted from just being fully open about it. So we're going to pause the show and I'm going to put tape on this mic stand. So I'm interested to know if you listen to this show. I'm interested to know if, uh, if being so open and, and behind the scenes is something that you like or dislike. It's not going to change. But I like it, it. I do, too. So when, I, when other podcasts do it. When it's just they're out in the open and little it's hiccups. It's funny and or little tidbits and things. I agree. I think that we shouldn't strive so much for perfection that we lose, like you said, those, those small... I don't want to say imperfections, but I guess they are. They're small imperfections that give it character. Mm-hmm. You know, those anomalies and things that happen during the show that can be fun or funny. And um, I'd just be interested to hear. So if you are listening, multigeekshow at gmail.com, just make the subject line imperfections and just put yes or no. You don't even have to go into a whole big explanation. We'll even be more open. No one has ever emailed us yet. Yeah, ever. So if you're a listener... And you haven't emailed us, because no one has. No. I've had one person who I know who listens to the show send me a text message. No, that doesn't count. No, 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 so but I, I'm just... send us an email, dear listeners. How about this? First listener to send us an email gets something. What do they get? Uh... We will mail them something. Yeah, I don't have anything around. I will email you. I'll think of something. Yeah, I will send you Princess Peach. You have had her this whole time? It hasn't been Bowser. See, that's the trick. Mario thinks it's Bowser, but it's... Yeah, you know what else, too? You just told everybody in the world. <clears throat> well, whoever's listening. <laughs> the 15 people. <laughs> that's even more transparent right there. We uh, have... Well, actually... I said I never wanted to do that, but I just it just came out. I was just going to say, you always said that in podcasts, you're always like, oh, it's... Yeah. But I'm not saying it's because we're not good and no one likes us. I'm just it's just good. The, the word hasn't been spread yet. Yeah. But I'll say this. If no, this is... look over there. See that? See that figure of uh, Princess Peach? Yeah. That's, that is the one I will send. Okay. All right. There's a figure. Jason has a little plastic figurine of Princess Peach, and we'll send it to you. So you send us your you mailing address. Princess Peach... You can have her. If not, we even at All the bottom. All you have to do is email. The first person to email. Yeah, and it doesn't even have to be anything earth-shattering. Well, put something in the body of the email. Well, your address. Well, <laughs> yeah, but maybe okay, okay, that here. you like the show or so- anything. Here's what we'll do. Yeah. You have to say whether you like the imperfections and the, the full transparency or not. Okay. That's what it is. You okay. have to say, and this is what I want. I want you to say... It's very simple. Now, don't make them write an essay. No, no, no. It's very simple. On a scale from 1 to 10, what number transparency, 10 being what we're doing right now, being fully transparent, or 1 being completely airtight, pretending like we have hundreds of hundreds of listeners, you know, and going through, and which one would you prefer? A 1 through a 10. You just tell me that. So the, the subject line is imperfections. And then a number, 1 through 10, and then your address, and you'll get a Princess Speech from the Multi-Geek Show. Yay. Now, to be fair, we actually had 20 subscribers. Yeah. And then it, it fluctuates back and forth. Like, people come on, people drop off, people come on, people drop off. Now you're being even more honest. You're sure. telling them that people actually stop listening to Yeah, no, show. some people subscribe, and then, and actually, too, if this is your first show, 
Um, listen to some of the other ones because they're going to be different. There's not any show that's particularly exactly alike. We don't follow a segment formula, and um, there's not any uh, per, you know particular segment that we repeat every week or do you know things like that. We just we just talk about what we think is interesting, and um, so if this is your first show, because this has happened to me before, where I'll start listening to a podcast and I'll listen to one episode and I'll think this isn't for me. Yeah, but I started giving them three chances. Now, this doesn't mean I'll listen to all three shows, mm-hmm. but I'll listen to the first 10 minutes of one show and see if in 10 minutes they can begin conversation that engages me, then I'll continue to listen. Mm-hmm. If in that 10 minutes they begin conversations and I just feel like it's going nowhere and, and, and they're just meandering, like too much joking and there's nothing really going on, it's like they're hanging out, I'll go to another show. Mm-hmm. And I try not to go to the one right before it. I go to like a way earlier one. Yeah. And then I'll go to one in the middle. And if in, in those spans they can't catch me, I'm like, okay, well, nothing they said was engaging me. It could be interesting, mm-hmm. but if I feel like they're just um, talking to one another in a way that's like uh, not engaging a conversation to explore the topics, but just information like, hey, did you see that new movie trailer? Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. Joss Whedon's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I, I that's cool. Yeah, I mean, I could... Go to the comic shop and just listen to people standing around talking about that. Yeah. You know, I'm interested in people's insights. Right. Um, But what, uh, what, what podcasts do you listen to that do you, okay. Is there any podcast that you listen to that is completely transparent like this, where it's just every nick and hiccup and every little blemish and warts and all, as they say. And are there any that are like airtight where it just seems like it's so fully produced that there's no transparency? It's like they're doing it. You could listen and think, wow, they did this in a studio somewhere in California. Yeah. Room Org Radio is a professionally produced podcast. Wow. Um, yeah, most of them are, are pretty well produced. I don't think there are any that have any much of those bumps or anything like that. Yeah. Well, not even just bumps, but what I mean by well, transparency I mean, is anything like that. And it doesn't have to be a hiccup. Like sometimes but... on, um, like the paranormal podcast, somebody, I guess the guest host, will accidentally like press the the button on the phone, and it'll, you'll make the noise. Sure, the dial noise. Yeah, yeah, the dude. Yeah, yeah. So stuff like that. Occasionally. Well, and and that's what I I guess too. Here's here's what I think another level of transparency is. Our they referring to their processes and their show because sometimes that's almost like behind the curtain. See, I stuff. didn't know you were talking about that. As I, well. I guess I really just because I kinda... thought that at first, but then you just started talking about the bumps and stuff. So I well, think... I guess I kind of so blended the two together. Yeah. Um, I don't have. I can't think of any specific moments, but I know they have. Yeah. Because there's probably the Snidecast and um Weekly Geek. Yeah. Where there's little hiccups and things like that. Because I, I think But it's... I mean, now you're going back to that. I'm talking about talking about behind the scenes. No, stuff. no, no. Well, I was going to say, I was going to say, I think there's hiccups and things for anything. Even nationally syndicated news programs, you'll oh. see the weatherman will make a mistake or misspeak. And right. then the anchor just kind of makes a quick quip and then jumps back into it. I think that's everywhere. But what you won't see in a newscast is them go, oh, look at Chuck in front of that blue screen. There's not really a weather map there, Chuck. Stop being wacky. <laughs> You know, whereas, like, we're referring to mm-hmm. our own processes, which 
I think can be kind of endearing. I hope it doesn't pull yeah. listeners out too much. Like they don't want to see how the trick is done. They don't want to know that we're talking into microphone stands that are socks and you know what I'm saying? I wonder Some how people long don't they want, want to us know. to stay on this topic. Yeah, actually let's go ahead and <laughs> take a full one eighty and say that uh Jason and I revisiting our first episode. Mm. We saw Zombieland. Yep. So there were a few things that we talked about in the first episode. If you haven't heard that yet, if you're interested, you can go back and listen to what we said about the trailer at the time and then see how close we were. See if we were like way off the mark or if we got some things right about what we expected and then what was delivered. So I'll start by throwing this completely to Jason and just saying, tell me about Zombieland and tell me something unique about this that is going to make me want to watch this if I've never seen it versus any other zombie movie. Jeez, man. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> What's unique about this that movie? That was a big question. I haven't thought about it in depth like that. I just blew your mind. Yeah. No. Um, what is in depth? Or well, okay, what, here. I, what, yeah. No, what did you just ask me? I was saying... No, what was the last question you just asked? What's something different and unique about this zombie movie? And that was a really epic question. That was like, let's just, let's scale it back and just say. parts, I think. Well, I was going to say, let's scale it back down to this question. Okay. If this is a zombie film, and you have seen multiple zombie films before, which you have, Hmm. did you like this one? And how does it... it. Are you like? Yeah. And how did it stand up to others? I think it stood up fine. Well, th- just thinking about it moments ago, it, it was full of zombies, but I I never really thought of them as zombies. That's a really good way to put it. Yeah. Did I you agree. feel that way? Yeah. Like they were zombies, but I never felt like I'm watching a zombie movie. Yeah, I agree. If I had that feeling. Yeah, I agree with that. And just, and again, you know what? And it it kind of wasn't really, it was about the characters. It, the, yes. The zombies were kind of just there. They were just kind of like a side thing. I was thinking Something that, that they have to just do, but it the, was really about the characters. The zombies were a part of the setting. Like most zombie movies are about the zombies. Right. And then the people are killing the zombies. But this one, it was more about the characters and the zombies just happened to be there. Absolutely. And so, well, and something while you were talking that made me think was, I think, and it's it's ironic, but I think we should call this episode Transparency. Okay. And then just as we go through it, just be as transparent as possible. Because usually we don't talk about episode names. Usually yeah. we'll pull a funny quote or something that we thought was funny from the episode and name them. Right. But the reason why I say that is because, the reason why I gave you that weird epic question is because on this show, I don't like to just ask, so what'd you think? I like to take it a step further mm-hmm. and just try to think. So sometimes I think it's good to do that, and then sometimes I think it actually is. It hurts because it's leading the question. To ask what? To ask specifics. So specific, like... See, I like it better when it's specific. See, I When I you think just so. ask what you feel about that, that to me seems so broad. It's open-ended. I don't know what to choose first and tell you. That is why I ask such specific questions. Okay, well, I like that. Well, good. There you go, transparency. Hey. Hey, you're seeing how the Multi-Geek show is made. And again, email <laughs> us. Do you think that's cool? Or would you rather it be like a magician in the trick? You don't want to see how it's done. 
You just want to see the finished trick. What do you think most people will say? I can't even imagine. Really? No, because I don't even know what I think. I don't know if I had if I was listening to a podcast. Mm-hmm. I would say the only thing that I wouldn't want is for it to be so much on the topic of transparency that there's nothing else that's being talked about. Kind of like what you were joking around about. Like, in other words, if if the entire time was them deciding and uh, deliberating oh, and yeah. saying, hmm, well, what should we do here? Well, I don't know, folks. Let's not pause it. Let's just look up the video. I would probably be like, okay, they could probably edit, edit that out because yeah. it's, not, it's, it's not, you know, for my time. Right, right. But to bring this in and talk about, um, you know, why, okay, we're not just talking about our show. Let's talk about this in the scope of how this affects how we consume media now. And I mean by that is it's like... We got back on this topic, man. I'm, it, was no, my, no. it was my fault. I, but what I'm saying, though, is that it's just what's kind of coming out right now, so why yeah. not? So what I'm saying is, is how does this affect... And just be thinking about it. Maybe we won't answer it right now. Mm-hmm. But not just our podcast. But now when you get a movie, there are behind-the-scenes this and extra documentary footage that and you know a lot of extras of of how the magic is made it's not as mysterious it's not as secretive you get Uh you know youtube videos of how metallica made their last album while it was being made Mm -hmm. you can see clips of them in the studio playing and writing songs that were going to be on their upcoming album and you saw their whole process they just they ripped it wide open and laid it bare Uh i loved that as a musician it it showed me Oh, that's a great process. I use the similar process, but theirs is a little uh, more, I guess, conducive to that style of music. Oh, maybe I could change it to be this for me. I like that kind of stuff. But then what point is it where the magic disappears and you want to just see a cool trick? Yeah. You know? Um, So, back to Zombieland. One of the things that I said in the original show was that I am more cynical than other people when it comes to judging creative things. I just think I am. And it's not bad. It's just that I like to be creative myself, so I think I hold things to high standards. Sometimes to my own detriment. Sometimes I don't enjoy things as much as other people because I'm too critical. Mm -hmm. But Zombieland rocked. It was great. It delivered, and I was wrong about a couple of things that I thought would matter in the movie in the first trailer that we saw. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, one of the things I was saying was, I was like, what's the deal with, why don't we see something different? What's the twist? What's the hook? These zombies, oh, our zombies are fat. No, things like that. Mm -hmm. The hook was, this was about character, character, character. It wasn't like a George Romero film, which is about zombies, which, sure, you got character, yeah. They're usually, like I said, at the end of their rope, depressed, and then it's about the zombies too. This was about character, character, character. And I will say I really did think that this was our, if you were going to recommend people the film, I would say this is like an American Shaun of the Dead. In in some ways. It's like a cousin. It would be in the same family of zombie films, I think. Mm-hmm. Um. This is spoiler-free, right? Yeah, we're just going to do spoiler-free stuff, just talking about generalizations here. Uh-huh. Um, something else. Did you notice, because I mentioned this, the CG blood, did you notice it in the movie? Did it take you out of the movie? 
no, I didn't notice it. There were a couple of scenes where I noticed it, but it was not in a bad way. I was like, oh, wow. It looked good. I was like, oh, wow. But it's, I wouldn't even say this was a super gory movie. It was like actually minimal on the actual gore. It was more humorous. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, and I just, I think you said it perfectly. It was about the characters. The zombies were almost a part of the setting. Yeah. Um, which was cool. Yeah, I like that. And uh, I I would say, and tell me if you agree with this. Oh, well, two things. First, I'm going to correct something. I said <laughs> that the um, actor that plays the lead young male, you know, I was like, well, it's like they got him because they couldn't get Michael Sarah, Or he's, and I didn't say he was a low-rent Michael Sarah, but I was like, I almost said it. Mm-hmm. Um, his name is Jesse Eisenberg, and he's actually a year younger than us. He was born in 1983, hmm. so he's, he's uh, 26. And... He was actually born in Queens, New York, which is where I was born. Oh. So I was like, look at this guy. Um, He also starred in a movie called Adventureland. Yeah. Um, That is not a... That was a really good movie, especially since I worked at a theme park. I thought it was really spot on with character and and things like that. Mm -hmm. It's not a a laugh-out-loud comedy all the time. Like It seemed like it was going to be in the trailer. Right. But it was uh, a little more serious, but it was a good movie. Mm -hmm. Um. I think there's a little bit of language in that too but it was definitely cool especially if you've ever worked a summer job it was just one of those where you're like oh yeah oh yeah right and he was the lead in that and he did a really good job but i don't know if it's gonna hurt him or help him that his his personal own acting style and his appearance is similar to michael Sarah. yeah you know he did a really good job <clears throat> i don't think michael Sarah would have been able to pull off exactly what he pulled off in this yeah i was, I was thinking that too so i just wanted to correct that but um the other thing I wanted to correct was, I said this would be like if the Fairly Brothers made a zombie movie. Mm-hmm. It wasn't as wacky. Yeah. So, I think it stands alone. The final thing I was going to say, tell me if you agree with this. Okay. I think this is a perfect entry-level zombie movie. If you've never seen a zombie movie, and you're not even a horror fan, like I'm thinking of people who I know... Who their their thing is not horror. They're not huge. They're not into it like we are. We're like, oh, cool, mm-hmm. zombies. Yeah, they're just like, um, I, I don't know if I've ever seen a zombie movie. To me, because the zombies were like a set piece, it almost eases you in to some of the basic things. Right. And then there's a a narrative device in the movie. You know, I, like I said, I don't want to ruin anything. That narrative device helps someone who's never seen anything like this go, oh yeah, that that, that yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and it's kind of like the characters help you through. It's like if it was your first zombie apocalypse. Mm-hmm. So, how do you what do you think about that? How do you feel about that? I would agree with that. Yeah? I I mean, I haven't really thought about it, but that I I would I can see that. Yeah. So, cuz I wouldn't start someone off on like a hardcore. Yeah. You know, and then right See, I guess maybe some purists might say, "No. Mm-hmm. Night of the Living Dead. It was the first. It was this." Okay. But I'm talking about, it's like getting somebody to listen to Metallica by showing them stuff from the Black Album. You want to appeal to their contemporary tastes immediately, not try to show them purist classicalism. Mm -hmm. Like, this is where the genre began. Get people interested, and then if they're interested more, say, hey, by the way, if you're interested in that, this might interest you even more. This is where it started. Right. You know, I think that that might be better. I read online a few weeks ago that 
Um, Zombieland was originally a TV pilot, or it was written as a TV pilot and to be sold to CBS. Hmm. I was just taking a drink there. Sorry. Oh. In the nature of, or yeah, in the nature of transparency, I'll tell you that. And uh, but then they didn't <clears throat> want it, so hmm. then they decided to make it into a movie. CBS, like the owners of CBS, who owns no, no, CBS? No, 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 whoever, whoever wrote it. NBC is owned I, by. I don't know anything about the television stations. It's Universal. I don't know. Um, but then they're saying down here that they had a twenty-three episode season in their heads. So there's about 12 movies that they could make out of all the material that they had. Wow. I liked that I feel after watching it that I'm not bored of that, that I would love another movie. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I've had my fill. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'd like to see that explored and and what happened in the film. Maybe it could be like another Saw or get a new one every year. That would be really neat. I mean, as long as it's quality, I don't mind. Yeah. And in the nature of transparency, I'll say that usually if we come up on a question like that, where it's like, you know, who owns what? And that's like that. We will silently pause the show. We won't say it. We'll look it up and then we'll talk about it. Just kind of saying, oh, well, let's see. I'm reading here that. So it seems very seamless. They knew it too much now. I'm going to put a. <laughs> I'm going to put a disclaimer at the beginning of the show. <laughs> okay. I'm taking this thing off the deep end, man. I see that. To the Maximus. Oh, man. Um, so, you were telling me about a man that I might have seen in my dreams. You showed me a Google article. And I was like, what? And it looks like a police artist sketch. Right, and you told me that... What is this? You told me that you had seen him romantically in your dreams. Is that true? What? <laughs> Did I really say that? Yes. Oh, man. Sometimes I say stuff. No, I'm just kidding. You didn't say that. Oh, okay. That would have been funny, though. Okay, so I'm looking this right now. Strange looking man. And I'm going to post a picture of him. And here, I'll tell you, I'm going to write that down here. So it's in the nature of that. Picture All right. of strange man. Yes. I'll tell you where I've seen him before. No. Seriously? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Inconceivable! <laughs> no, you don't. He is from The Princess Bride. Uh, he is. And uh, that's exactly what it looks like to me. What exactly? we're looking at right now... No, not exactly. But Come on. He looks similar, like a younger version with thicker, old Jewish man eyebrows. <laughs> yeah. And no upper lip. Yeah, he does. <laughs> and he has a strange balding pattern. What? It's just funny. And so, well, here, okay, here's the story. I guess in 2000, a psychiatric patient drew a picture of this man. And when he drew a picture of this man, it was left on the doctor's desk. Another psychiatric patient saw the drawing and said, I've seen that man before in my dreams. The doctor said, really? He said, the patient said yes. And so he realized that that was why the other patient had drawn or had the person drawn is because he saw him in their dreams. And it turns out now that how many people was it? Over... I think 200. I, I was going to say over 200 people. No, no, 2,000. Okay, at least 2,000 people recognize this man's face in their dreams. And it says, how about you? And it has a question mark. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. So, 
Do you think that this is possible, though, that there is some kind of a, like, he's famous, or he's subliminally in people's minds, or that they're thinking, oh, that's the guy from The Prince's Bride. I want to know what types of dreams that he appears in. That would be good. What his role is. There's a link there. Why don't you click on the link? And, um, in, in, in the, we usually, again, we'll usually pause it right this, but it says ever dream this man. And there's a photo, there's a website. And then it's, I mean, it's a pure white background it's with black this letters. This man dot org. This man dot org. How crazy. Every night throughout the world, hundreds of people dream about this face. You know, it's ridiculous. Wait a second. Hold on. Huh? What? First of all, that could be an urban legend. And now all of us are going to dream about him. <laughs> that is not even fair I just I, get out of my head you uh, giant eyebrowed <laughs> strange balding pattern looking monkey look at this what a crow magnet <laughs> there are flyers what if this is some kind of this like, is a thought experiment this is some kind of trick or yeah an experiment. they are getting all of us to get this man's face in our heads so that we can dream him and then that urban legend will become reality they're taking a chicken and egg scenario, and they're trying to, hmm. like, which which comes first? Now, everyone is going to be dreaming about this man and printing this photo and telling their friends, and we're 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 perpetuating this, and we're still going to post it <laughs> because if it is a thought experiment, I like to see the the outcome. That is one of the creepiest people I've ever seen. Really. You don't think that's creepy looking? He looks creepy, man. He just looks like... <laughs> Do you know who he looks like? I'm not going to say it. Okay. He looks like someone that we both know. Yeah, he does. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> A younger version of who we're thinking Oh, of. and we're not going to say it on the air because... It... Well, we're not just not going to say it. We're not going to say it on the air. And that is... Um... <laughs> wow. No transparency there. No that that's transparency it'll get you in trouble yeah um well maybe i mean it's kind of silly yeah what are the chances that one of our 15 (laughs) listeners are him (laughs) you're either loving this show right now or hating it and if this is your first podcast i would suggest you listen to some of the other ones to see how different this is from our normal format this is a fun one right no 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 it's completely fun we're having fun we're having fun exactly having that's a good question and that's why you email us and that's right you email us about this too about a princess and that means you have to send them a prize okay i will send them a hand drawing of the character of their choice done by you done by me right and now I'm not saying I'm going to do a photographic reproduction. I'm going to do my own version of it. Have you ever seen the pictures that Dana Snyder draws at conventions of Master Shake? No. Are they ridiculous? <laughs> and he signs them. Do they look anything like it, or does he just like go off the deep end? Oh no, you can tell it's Shake. It's just not drawn well. Oh, okay, yeah, that's kind but, of. But what... and he does the thing that's called like I think he had a sign up that says like self portraits, and he'll draw you or i guess draw anything you want and just you pay him money for it there's a there's a brilliant artist named art balthazar Mm -hmm. and he is so much fun and i got a link to his stuff let me write that down um what he does is at uh, conventions he will it's a dollar a sketch and you just tell him whatever you want and he draws it in his fun cartoon way Uh it is brilliant huh he draws it with crayon 
Oh. On little white pieces but of they poster good? board. They look great because they're not supposed to be photorealistic. They're just like these. Right, right. Um, it's not like the caliber of like children's drawings. It's uh, better. Yeah. But it's so creative and funny. Huh. They'll make you laugh out loud. Yeah. So like that's what it reminds me of when he said self-portraits. Because every year. stuff hidden from me, man? Well, I just, I don't want to share. That's right. Greedy. No, I just never thought to tell you. And every year, I draw a self-portrait of him, and he takes it with him. Really? So he draws pictures of me and whoever's with me, and I bring those home, and then I draw a picture of him. How'd that get started? Um, some friends of mine used my truck to pick him up from the airport one year. Okay. And so then I just kind of started talking to him, and we were hanging out and stuff like that, and then... I went to his table and we were talking and I was like, here, I'm going to draw a picture of you. And he goes, yeah, he's a really, really cool down to earth guy. Uh-huh. So now it's been three years in a row that I've drawn a different. What convention is that? Um, FX. FX. That's cool. Yeah. So I'll uh, uh, see if I can find those um, uh, the, those the, the, the drawings that he's done of, of me and my family and then maybe scan them in and put them up there. But, um, but anyway, yes, I will if, if people write in and they email me, multigeekshow at gmail.com. I will draw you. You need to send me your address. I'll pay for the stamp. I'll give you a hand-drawn picture in the medium of my choice, whatever kind of paper I want, whatever kind of ink or, you know, whatever, and I will mail it to you. I want to do that too. <laughs> well, Jason will too. So Princess Peach and a drawing. Yeah. Well, to one person. Yes. We don't have multiple peaches. No, we just have the one peach, but well, we can we could, draw all we night. Bought them. And it's and not going to happen. Store. <laughs> well, you can send actual peaches. I think. I think that's illegal. I don't know if they're princes. To mail produce, <laughs> it's just stick it in an envelope. <laughs> yeah. It just be this huge bulge. People would think I'm sending drippy anthrax fruit. Ugh. So. Also, in the nature of transparency, we record our intros after we do the show. And that's how we know what we're going to talk about. We don't plan so well and stick so strictly <laughs> to a schedule that we know what we're going to talk about. I record the intro, and Jason records the intro after the show. So and then we put it in the uh, at, at the front. I do it in editing. Uh, occasionally, we'll also record entire segments, and I will move them around for the sake of how they flow better. Uh, also... Um, Jason and I will ceremoniously almost stop the podcast in between topics so that we can gather our thoughts and our notes. And if you're listening in headphones, that's what the click is. I'm going to do it right now so you'll hear it. What I'm going to do now is actually record a disclaimer. Then I'm going to move it to the front of the podcast so that if you're not interested in hearing all this stuff, you won't listen. But you'll already have heard it when you listen to this. Isn't it wacky? So, have you ever heard of Epic Mickey? I have heard of Epic Mickey. That's good. That's um, I. I actually first heard of Epic Mickey. It was, uh, we're referring to Mickey Mouse. And the, uh, the game, it's a video game on the Wii. And you actually told me about it. And it was supposed to be just this kind of a rumor. Like a, wow, wouldn't it be amazing if? And I never thought it was going to happen. Really. Mm-hmm. Really never thought it was going to happen. Yeah, I was hoping. I didn't even. 
because I thought, uh, I thought because some sketches surfaced with some interesting Disney designs, but they were it was like if you saw some of the like Tim Burton Disney is what it looked like, yeah, and you know they they go on to describe it as that, but I saw that and it was these it were it was just really interesting some of the like the iconic Disney themes, but just built into just different. Mechanical kind of creatures. Yeah, like... Freakish. Yeah. Kind of steampunk-like. Steampunk-like. And it wasn't even like it was uh, twisted so much to where I was like, whoa, weird. It was like, wow, intriguing. Yeah. You don't see those kinds of characters before. Right. So it turns out that this is going to be a game. And is the game going to be called Epic Mickey? That's what everyone keeps calling it now. Yeah, that's what I think. I thought. I was under the <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. So tell me about it. Why is this so awesome? Now there's a reason I had you read all of that. I wanted you to tell us about it. Well, we found this article, and it's pretty new, right? This just surfaced? Oh, yeah. I think just moments ago it (laughs) popped online. And what this is, it's going to be a Wii game, the Nintendo Wii. And if you know, you use the Nintendo Wiimote, and it's going to be really cool. Um, So here is what we found out from Game Informer. In this game, Mickey's appearance is actually going to be much, much closer to his original debut style. And it's like, what? This gets so much cooler. Trust me. Please listen. And even if you haven't dug any of the transparency stuff so far, listen to this because it's worth it. Disney, the company, was actually the one to approach Spectre, which is, that's the game design company, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so Spectre... They were originally against the idea of creating a Mickey game because they don't do. They they said that, uh, well, it looks like it says Spectre is a person. It says oh, okay. he. He said that he doesn't do kids' games. So Spectre was approached by Disney. like, hey, we want you to reinvigorate Mickey Mouse. And he said, no, nah, I don't do kids' games. And I think they talked, and uh, he changed his mind when Disney said, we think you can do this, and we are going to let you do it in a way that you are going to enjoy. So... They got the rights back to Oswald the Rabbit, which was Walt Disney's first creation, mm-hmm. and now he's in the game. And now, this... I wonder if that is why they got the rights back to him. Oh, I bet. Do you think? Because that I was a, that was a few years ago that they did that. Oh, that was a reason. Well, it says here they had to get the rights back. Okay, so maybe that was the reason. But wow. you know, back then they didn't. Well, about it. right, and perhaps they didn't That's know exactly why they were going to need it, but they were like, "Well, we want to do a." a throwback game maybe they hadn't right imagined it so focused mm-hmm. you know as to what this direction is that they have now but the sorcerer Yensid, who is that's a sorcerer from fantasia isn't it yep so the sorcerer who brings the brooms to life and everything or or whose wand or what is it, the hat what what's the in that in this in fantasia the hat so yeah so that's the sorcerer's hat so Yensid, which is actually disney backwards mm-hmm That sorcerer in that universe has created a pen and paper world for all of his forgotten creations. And that's where Oswald the Rabbit lives. So in this, the world is actually similar to Walt Disney World. And so Mickey enters this world through a magic mirror, but he accidentally spills paint and paint thinner on the drawing of the world. And so he escapes before Yensid finds out. Can you imagine? First, he brings all those brooms to life, wrecks the guy's shop. Now he's just taking his life's work in drawings and <laughs> spilling things. He's a little scamp. 
He, <laughs> he is a little scamp. Here's what's wacky, though. Well, it's not wacky. It's cool. Yeah. The spill that Mickey causes turns the drawing into a twisted version of what was originally created because mm-hmm. the paint thinner and ink blots all over the place. Right. And it creates the phantom blot. Ah, which is actually a character that's been around for a while, but it's been lame. Right. Well, in this, the Phantom Blot takes over the world. And so a lot of, like, it's as many years later, Mickey becomes successful. He's Mickey Mouse, you know. (laughs) We all know the story. He re-enters the mirror, but he sees what's happened to the world. So the Phantom Blot drags Mickey back in, and that's where your adventure begins. This is awesome to begin with. That's awesome. Sounds incredible to me incredible incredible like i'm really really excited about that yeah on top of that it's a wii game and this is how you play it you use the wii mote to paint you can paint buildings platforms things like that you can swipe away enemies with the wii mote with the paint thinner like you're erasing any race yeah you can paint any race with the painting you basically uh, create or destroy exactly and then almost fable style you create and destroy, and your Mickey character will look and act a certain way based on how you behave. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what they did was they made it so that you can take the hero's route or mix and match, kill you know, kill some by erasing. Well, not kill, but erase some or create some. Mm-hmm. And like, like I read earlier, they use Disney World as a reference to this world Mm -hmm. so it says they took hundreds of photos to capture the essences of certain areas of the park that's gonna be so great (laughs) um but i guess gremlin village is the bizarro it's a small world Mm -hmm. so there's that um you can also trade some items for health apparently like you can which i don't know exactly what that means but also pete you know pete from steamboat willie he returns and he's gonna be in a zeppelin at one point Mm mm-hmm and then there's Donald Duck animatronic pieces that are scattered throughout one portion of the game. I love that. It's so cool. And what it turns out is that Oswald, it turns out, he's the only one that is really like trying to get things back to normal. He just wants to be loved by Walt Disney, his original creator. Mm. But the Phantom Blot rules the world. So Oswald, in an effort to try to make the world like Mickey's, has built animatronic versions of all of his pals. Mm. Goofy Donald. <laughs> That's... Oh, awesome. Um, You can collect them and put them back together, the Donald Duck parts. Yeah. It also says Spectre wants the game to scare kids in some ways. You know, he wants to put that element in there, but he said it's going to have funny parts. Um, He also calls the game's visuals the bastard child of Tim Burton and Disney, (laughs) which that's so awesome to me. Um, There's going to be platforming gaming elements, exploration gaming elements, role-playing game elements, um, it says on some of the rides, you can go into the inner workings of some of the levels of Disney. Like some of the rides will be, um, you can go into the inner workings of some of the rides, mm-hmm. which is so neat. Cause it's going to be like Bizarro and like Tim Burtony. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go in and visit the gears and mechanics underneath. It's a small world. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole set of, um, like just what it would really look like under there. And then there's an eerie reimagining of the music. How cool is it going to be to get that song stuck in your head? Yeah. 
the weird like minor key, uh-huh. like almost like when A Perfect Circle did John Lennon's Imagine. Uh-huh. It was all minor chords and stuff, uh-huh. you know, stuff. So I, that's going to be awesome. Um, you can find sketches and bring them to life with your paintbrush, paintbrush, and you can activate them to give you new powers. Like there's a clock sketch that can affect time, a TV sketch that that'll distract enemies, things like that. And um, Jim Dooley from the television show Pushing Daisies is going to compose the music. Mm-hmm. So I, that's so awesome to me. Right. Yeah. Um, I just think that that's it blows my mind. Well, I don't know what to say. Doesn't it say that um, you can go, you jump into movie screens? Oh, that's yeah. That's uh, how that's how you switch levels. Yeah, but you go through some of his classic cartoons when you do that. Oh yeah. Yeah, I see that. It's this is the game I always wanted Disney to make. It's so weird, isn't it? Why? Why is it? It's it, this is the perfect example of we're something. In the future, Tim. It is. They own Marvel, and they're doing wacky stuff now. I love life. Yeah. The fact is that this is one of those things that we were talking about, like off air, where it's you ever run into something that's so awesome right away. That it's almost as though you've always wanted it to exist, and it's just like they're putting words to your thought. Like yeah. it's it's like it's always existed in your mind, right. somewhere in the back of your brain. You've always thought, "Wouldn't it be cool if?" And you're imagining this else world of Disney, mm-hmm. and then it's when this thing comes out fully realized, you're like, "Yeah, it just you replace your crazy thought with that thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> file it away." And it's like I love when that happens. It's very nice. It's very nice. Um. On the cover of Game Informer that has the... Have you seen the cover with Epic Mickey on it? It's white with the black... Well, no, no, no. The actual cover was posted. Oh, is it the one with him, like, standing with the paintbrush and you can see him from behind? Yeah. Yeah, I did see that. Um, Which we should post One of the locations that it showed was the Haunted Mansion... Disneyland's Haunted Mansion. No way. I was so excited when I saw that. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Well done. Well played. I just hope the final product is... As good as all this sounds. Yeah, like we can't have a scribble knots right. going on. Yeah. That's exactly right, the gameplay. Because it doesn't the matter. Gameplay, guys. Right. Because yeah. scribble knots in concept is uh, the best idea ever. Mm-hmm. But from what I've heard constantly. By the way, scribble knots, if you have not heard about this or you don't know what that is, it's more or less a game where on the Nintendo DS, you type in any word in the English language, and they're over, what, how many, 35,000 words or something? Maybe. And you type it in, and it'll appear. If you type in God, a bearded white figure appears. If you type in squid, a giant squid appears. And you use those things that you type in to solve puzzles in the level. And they said that that is so fun and brilliant, and you can get so clever, but the control scheme is so awful. Yeah, and then a lot of people that have been talking about it say... You only actually, you'll end up only actually typing in a few things to use every time. Oh, you won't actually like go in because you know you know that they work for a certain situation, so you'll just type that in and solve it. Oh. Well, hopefully this is not going to be the case with Epic Mickey. We're going to get yeah. exquisite gameplay to match this brilliant shots. concept. Yeah, I would love to see some screenshots as well, please. I guess when that Game Informer comes out. Yeah, I, I would hope so. I would hope that they're going to have... Which, that should be very shortly, I uh, if, if they were posting all that stuff. It'd be neat if it looked 
like a painting all throughout that style almost that uh there's a there's a movie that i really don't care like it was animated and not just like 3d models of everything yeah like it's 2d animation you ever seen the movie what dreams may come with rob williams do you know that whole scene with the paint yes like something akin to that i really don't i think we talked about this before like in every game it's like always the same style you know the 3d models it's either like cartoony looking or realistic looking yeah there's no like style like make it look like a painting or make it look like yeah you know what made us think about it make everything look like a pencil drawing the street fighter Even if 4 it's in trailer. 3d make it look like that remember the street fighter oh, 4 yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah that's what made us think about it we'll post that too oh, yeah. there was a trailer for street fighter 4 and the entire thing has it's surrounded by like these ink lines and it yeah. makes it look so great it's just so unique i guess it goes back to what we were talking about in the last episode about super street fighter 4 yeah that's what it is um, people being need to be more creative, and we keep getting the same thing over and over again. Yeah, and just just think completely. Even in that, even in just styles, nobody's. It's either like one style or another. I've heard that one definition of genius is being able to combine two things that otherwise wouldn't be able to go together. Like a juxtaposition. Yeah, but doing it so seamlessly that it's like uh, kind of going back to what I was just saying. It's like wow. That should exist. Why hasn't that existed before? Mm, yeah. You know, like, there's... And the example I read while I was reading the article, it was about a game designer, and it was that he takes elements of games and just... He puts them together so seamlessly that it's like, wow, how did he pull this off? It's pinball uh-huh. and samurai fighting. Is this a game that's come out? I don't know if the game ever came out, but they were talking about how they played a demo of it, and it was so brilliant because it's a pinball machine yeah but it's not virtual pinball or well machine no no virtual okay it's a virtual pinball mechanic right but they don't make it look like a pinball machine oh it's like samurai oh i think did you give voice commands maybe yeah i think that did come out and it it was supposed to be like just so neat yeah and uh, see, like, just those things, those three things alone. If I said, okay, there's this game with samurais, and it's about pinball, uh-huh. and there's voice commands, yeah. you'd think that I was just randomly naming game elements. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay, this is another instance where right now we would pause the show. I we just kind of give each other the look. I would stop the show. We would look up the game, come back, and go, the game we're talking about is that seamlessly. We just do it. Do you think we're being obnoxious by you? Probably. Okay. But I want to make the point fully, if we're going to make this point. Yeah. I don't know what to search for, because that's... Pinball Samurai voice commands. Well, I think we should stop it now, because... Okay. We don't want to keep doing this. Okay. So we paused it, and we're back. The name of the game is Odama, mm-hmm. which is very interesting. It's... Um, how would you describe it? Um, uh, uh, RTS with pinball. Yeah. So real time strategy, pinball, and it's set in what looks like possibly feudal Japan. Yeah. And so the game mechanic is this: there's a gyroscope in the GameCube controller, and so you move the controller. Is that right? No, I don't think that's right. No, that can't be right. There's not a gyroscope in the GameCube controller. I think maybe you tilt the field with the 
the analogs. So uh, okay, that's probably... You probably use the shoulder buttons for the flippers. And you have a, a headset with a microphone, and that's how you command your units. Okay, so the way that it works is that you tilt the entire level. as it, It's like one of those games that you would get that you're trying to get the silver ball into the hole, mm-hmm. and you're trying to like work a ball through the maze. You're doing that with the analog stick. And as you do that, you're rolling this huge ball over the... And I mean, the landscape is set up where it's like fields and trees, and it looks like feudal Japan. Mm-hmm. And you do that and tilt it so that the ball's smashing through and crushing things. And then, like he was saying, in addition to that, you have bumpers that are like flippers, and you use voice commands to guide your troops. So you're trying to wreck the enemy troops with this huge black pinball while you're saying, go left, go right, or whatever the commands are. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to get them across different fields of, you know, dangerous obstacles. Right, they were pushing a bell. That was so cool looking. Yeah. Just to see it all, but it's it's GameCube graphics, so I'd like to see that redone. GameCube wasn't bad. No, but I mean it just it looked more like blocky. We're watching on YouTube full screen. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah, you're right. It's hard to tell. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Just talking about genius, they were saying that just the ability oh. to take those things mm-hmm. and combine them so so seamlessly into something that exists and is its own new thing, that's one way to define a type of genius. Do you think people tag peop- other people with the, the label of genius too easily these days? I think I that... I hear it thrown around a lot. Yeah, I think that they... Somebody does something that someone else thinks is great, so they call them a genius. But it... Yeah, I think there's a lot more to it. Yeah. Than just putting out it's something. Not like being a true genius. I agree. Yeah. And I personally believe that genius is thinking um, outside of common streams of thought, but being able to translate it into a commonly consumable stream of thought. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess creative genius. Right. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's working outside the capacity of what normal people would think of. But that when you show people what you come up with, it's as though they should have thought of it themselves. Like, oh, yeah, why didn't I think of that? Mm -hmm. And the ability to do that seamlessly and combine different things. I think that's one of the marks of it. I see. So, yeah. Well, I guess we've reached the end of our transparency show. Yep. Um, What I'm going to do is end the show with... And here's another thing. (laughs) I usually... (laughs) Would stop the show, talk to Jason, say, hey, I want to end the show like this. What do you think? He would say the same thing to me. Um, In the spirit of illusion and transparency, um, I know a friend of mine who does card tricks. He's, uh, you can call him an an illusionist or a magician. His name's Joe. And I have a a recording of an interview I did with him on my iPhone. And uh, we're going to end the show out with that. Is that cool, Jason? Yeah, sure. All right. Well, it's... It's just a short interview about him and, um, you know, why he uh, is doing what he's doing. So I'll actually let him speak for himself, but this has been the Multi-Geek Show. Thank you for listening, and remember, you can get a hand-drawn picture from me. And me. And uh, that's uh, for emailing us. So, very different show. We'd like to hear what you think of it. And if you choose to rate us on iTunes, I would ask that you listen to one other show at least before you do so. Yeah. In case this isn't your style, because... We're just changing it up. So thanks so much for listening. And I guess we'll talk to you next week. Yep. Bye. Bye. Uh, This is Tim with the Multi-Geek Show, and I'm actually here with a good friend of mine, uh, Joe. 
And uh, Joe is just recently, you've started showing me card tricks and things like that. Would you? So, what do you call it? Are you an illusionist? Are you a magician? Is there a word? Do you prefer a word? I don't really prefer anything. Whatever you want. I mean, it's uh, it's illusions, but you know, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Well, that's cool. We, uh, you know, you just recently started showing me a lot of really cool card tricks. Um, what got you into that? Why did you did you just pick up a deck of cards one day and say, "Huh," and look it up on YouTube? Or what's the story? How did this happen? I started when I was a little kid. I used to um, do some magic tricks. I had some trick decks, and it's pretty fun. And then I just realized, you know, as an adult, I don't really know why I wanted to start doing it again. But I think maybe watching the shows on TV kind of got me back into wanting to do it, but I forgot everything. So then, yeah, I, did, I actually just looked up some stuff on YouTube and found it and then started making up some of my own tricks and uh, trying to get creative with it and just doing different things. It's, it's really awesome. I'm, I'm here also with uh, my brother Matt, and uh, Joe just showed us two card tricks, and just it blew our minds um, because it's not just... Is this your card? Okay, now I'm going to count. No, is this your card? It's like there's, there's sleight of hand involved, and uh, there was some pretty amazing stuff going on. Um, so let me ask you this. Do you ever see yourself getting better and better at this and perhaps performing you know, on a larger scale, maybe in front of a group of people? Is this something that's just a hobby, or would this be a, a hobby that you would take further? I would love to take it further. Um, I'm, I really like it, and I think, honestly, I think I'm pretty good at it. I mean, there's, there is sleight of hand, and, I mean, I'm not the best, but I can do some pretty cool stuff, and I'd like to um, maybe do it as starting out just maybe a small thing on the side that I could do for parties or, you know, meetings, something like that. And, I mean, definitely just for fun with my friends, I like to show everybody tricks, but it'd be great if I could get paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I've heard that that's the difference between a hobby and a profession doesn't matter about your skill level it's if you're actually getting paid to do it yeah um so one final question i'll just kind of put you on the spot here what is it that interests you the most about this what do you love about this what is something that you if you were trying to get somebody who you thought had some potential and could potentially do this what would be the thing you'd tell them like man this is what i love about it what i like the most is when i see something and i have no idea how it's done I mean, that's really, I just think it's intriguing. I, when I watch a trick and I see someone do it and I'm like, that's impossible. And I've always known ever since I was a little kid, because my dad did little magic stuff, that's one of the other things that got me into it. I knew there's always a logical explanation, but I never knew what it was. So it's really cool when you actually see something that you don't know, you have no idea how it could happen. And then to be able to figure it out, it's sometimes disappointing but it's really fun to be able to show someone else and have them amazed, too. Yeah, no, that's great. And, and honestly, that's why I love watching is because a lot of the times I have no idea how you did what you did. So, um, well, thank you very much, Joe. And we'll keep up, you know, as, as if you ever do, you know, record any videos of any of this or if you ever do come out with a website or anything, we'll definitely let our listeners know. All right, All right. cool. Thanks, Thanks a lot.